Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com slash news. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Good evening, my fellow true crime addicts, and welcome to True Crime Spirits, the podcast where I tell you tales of true crime uh, while exploring the taste of a new adult beverage each episode. I am your host, Brandy. Now, tonight's beverage I got from nakedwines.com. So each week I get a box from Every Plate, which is not sponsored, should be by how much money I spend on them, but they are just like HelloFresh. I get every, they're just cheaper and wonderful. But each week they send me a hundred dollar voucher for wine from NakedWines.com. So I was like, whatever, who cares? I'm going to go ahead and try this sucker out. So I got two whites, four reds, six bottles. I spent like 15 bucks on shipping and and that was it. That was kind of awesome. So tonight's selection is a Cabernet Sauvignon, um, from Dave Harvey. I have no idea what a uh, Cabernet is even supposed to taste like. Um, there's not even really a, like, um, a, a profile, a taste profile on their bottle is just that it comes from a geographic center of Washington, which actually kind of upsets me. Had I read this before, I would have definitely had this when I was doing my Washington cases. Um, it's a 13.2 alcohol percent alcohol by volume. So she's a little strong. So let's try this out tonight. All right. Now, shoot. I forgot a wine glass, so I will be using this. Well, 
I don't want to go out and stop recording. I will if I have to. Oh, cool. I have this co Coffee Chaos and Cuddles Bump Life mug from when I was pregnant. Um, I've never used it. I figure, hey, wine is a good way to test out this cup. Well, that mug is actually deceptively big. Okay, so let's try this out. It is a dark wine, a, a red. Um, smells like grapes. Hmm starting to think I'm not a red wine person. It's not horrible. It's just, I don't know. Thought it would be different. Anyway, so where was I? So last week we talked about Doug and Debbie London in the quiet town of Lake Wiley. I told you guys how they were gunned down in their home to prevent them from testifying against uh, members of the Charlotte's chapter of the Blood Gangs, or I don't know if that's accurate. They're a United Blood Nation, so maybe I'm right. I don't know. Um, but tonight I'm actually going to keep it light. I'm going to talk about more, tell you tales of the idiots that committed crimes in South Carolina. So I'm going to get into that right after this. So tonight, uh, like I said before, we're going to talk about the dumber criminals of South Carolina. I have about a handful, um, or a dozen, I'm not sure. I think it was a dozen when I counted them. Some have more than a few people involved, some just the one, and not all of them have names of the people, um... Basically, I just ripped these from the headlines and police blotters that I could find and 
South Carolina. So let's go on. So tonight we run the gambit from those who make the laws to those who break it. And it seems that the two aren't mutually exclusive. Our first case takes us to Myrtle Beach, where not only the tourists cause trouble in this popular vacation destination. Nope. Tonight, we're talking about 56-year-old David Bonsack and his live-in girlfriend, a couple who reside in Myrtle Beach full-time. And on the night in question, police are called to the couple's residence because David had pissed off his girlfriend, so much so that she broke his collarbone with a cast iron skillet. Now, what did he do? to warrant such attack? Not much. He just tossed the family hamster into the oven. Now, before any harm could come to the furry little critter, she hit him with the skillet and returned the hamster to its cage. The two were arrested that night. David was charged with animal cruelty and his girlfriend caught an assault charge. Now, let's be honest, I probably would have done the same thing, though. I mean, what kind of drugs must have he been on to throw the family pet in the oven? Although maybe the guy was hungry. Who am I to judge? I don't know. Moving on. So this one's quick. Uh, next couple I'm going to talk about is located across the state in Greenwood, South Carolina. I'm also certain that this pair was on drugs as well because... 48-year-old Michelle Thomas told police her boyfriend had hit her, so she stabbed him with a knife. And to be absolutely certain, he couldn't chase her. She yanked off his prosthetic leg, tossing the spare leg out the door. Um, now, while we're here in Greenwood, let's talk about another stabbing, shall we? A man stabbed his friend's in the ribs while the pair were being driven in the back of a PT cruiser. Why did he stab his friend? Well, that was over a disagreement. See, the victim and the stabber were having an argument about who could have the most sex. So I'm starting to think that drugs are pretty rampant in Greenwood. Um, the guy is okay. He survived the attack. But he thought the situation was actually really funny, and the two are still friends. I wouldn't be friends with that guy if you stabbed me. Are you kidding me? Whatever. Guys are weird, though. <laughs> so, we're going to keep moving right along, and we're going to talk about a Dollar General in Lexington, South Carolina. A young woman passes along a story to an off-duty cop about a peculiarly, peculiar scene she witnessed earlier while working at the Dollar General. She said she was standing behind the register when a short, toothless man walked in and went to the toiletry aisle and shoved two tubes of toothpaste down his pants and then went to the aisle where the batteries were and did the same thing. And as if he didn't just shove the toothpaste and batteries down his pants, 
He went up to the cashier and asked to use the telephone. The cashier handed him the phone. She then overheard him say, If you come pick me up, I'll make it worth your while. Then the man handed her the phone and left the store. Then he hopped on his bike and zipped away. Now, for me, this raises a couple of questions. Like, let's start with the most obvious. If the guy actually needed a ride, why did he call someone to pick him up? I mean, he had his bike. Although, saying that, I just realized he could have been calling somebody who knows where he lives to pick him up from where he lives, because I don't think this guy had a telephone. Or maybe he did, but (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And if he didn't have any teeth, then why did he steal the toothpaste? But then again, like I said, after saying this, maybe the toothpaste isn't for his teeth. Maybe somebody somebody asked him to get the toothpaste. All right. Moving on. So, a lot of people love sports. They go crazy for their teams. They get dressed up or down. They don massive amounts of paint to show their team spirit. And our next idiot is no different. And even though our next crime didn't actually happen in South Carolina, it does involve a Charleston native. Now, Charles Hathaway is a die-hard Gamecocks fan. I've met a few of those, and I must say, some of them are absolutely crazy for their team. So, he traveled 800 miles from Charleston to Baton Rouge to watch his beloved Gamecocks lose to the LSU Tigers. I've also met a couple of people who were nuts for the LSU Tigers. I mean, their entire house was just LSU, LSU, paraphernalia everywhere. They even had a garden gnome that was dressed up in LSU gear. Although I I got her that garden gnome, so I can't make too much fun. Anyway, so later, the police were called to Section 409 of Tiger Stadium after fans complained of a man cursing loudly and his pants were falling down. Yep, you guessed it, Charles Hathaway. When police were escorting Hathaway out of the stadium, he finished what gravity started. He just dropped his pants and mooned the crowd. And he was arrested and booked on a misdemeanor obscenity charge. Now, I guess the moral of the story is just because your team shows their ass on the road doesn't mean you should, too. Our next crime 
has us going back to South Carolina, more specifically to Lawrence County. I just want to tell you guys, this next crime's a little disgusting. So, we're going to the home of a 58-year-old woman who had failed to pay her rent, and police found her living along with her two daughters amid the dead bodies of 80 various animals. Ugh. No, these weren't members of their family that had been taxidermied into loving keepsakes. These were maggot-infested carcasses of dogs, cats, birds, ferrets, and even baby deer. Now, <laughs> what did this woman say in her defense? Well, I guess you could say they're like family, end quote. One of the women also told a news outlet that one reason they kept so many dead animals around the house was because a veterinarian had told them it was okay to keep their dead animal in the freezer. Okay, fair enough. Um, however, the landlord reported that their power had been shut off for some time. So, the cops arrested these three women on animal abuse charge and set their bail or their bond to five thousand apiece. These ladies didn't pay their rent. I doubt they're gonna be able to pay bail, but whatever. Um, this actually reminds me of an ex I had. He, his beloved cat that he had had for thirteen, fourteen years died. I mean, he was old. He was like super old. And instead of burying him or I don't know what you do, t toss him in the trash, I guess. Instead of doing that, he put him in the freezer where that cat stayed for a good six months. I mean... I stopped using the freezer after a while. I just couldn't look at that cat anymore. <laughs> so moving on. Like I mentioned earlier, lawmakers sometimes think they are above the law. For instance, we have Representative Ted Vick, a married Democratic lawmaker and part-time minister with a nice-looking family from Chesterfield County. This isn't his first time breaking the law, either. Previously, Vic had pulled a traffic stop trifecta. The charges? DUI and illegal gun. He also had a college sorority girl he'd picked up from a five-points bar in his passenger seat. At the time, Vic was running for Congress, and the embarrassing arrest forced him out of that race. But he won re-election as a local lawmaker, and in the meantime, said he was going to spend more time with his family and consult with his pastor. Well, I don't know what his pastor told him, but Vic was at it again. Less than a year after his first arrest, Vic found himself in handcuffs in a cop car in the statehouse garage. After boozing it up at a lobbyist function on Main Street... Vic was stumbling around on his way back to the truck in the state house garage, cops said. 
and when they pulled him over, he tried to resist. He dropped the old, quote, I'm a colonel in the army line, referred to one officer as private, and asked for the sergeant-at-arms to pick him up. He stared down a cop in an unusual way for an abnormal period of time and indicated he thought he was set up, according to the dash cam footage and police report. But that's not all. When Vic got out of jail, his lawyer, Representative Todd Rutherford, who Vic had run against for Democratic Minority Leader, claimed he wasn't staggering around because he was drunk, but because he had a pebble in his shoe. I wonder how many people fell for that one. Give me a break. So, according to the statistics compiled against mothers by Mothers Against Drunk Driving, more than 16,000 people were arrested in South Carolina for driving under the influence in 2012. Drunk driving is so dumb to begin with, but the following are some of the people who were arrested for driving drunk in the most spectacular ways. We got Orangeburg's Joseph Burns, 39, who was driving drunk and naked and without a license, and he rammed headfirst into a cop car in May 2012. Rock Hill's Cassandra Trolley, 28, who was not only sentenced to an eight-year prison sentence and five years probation, but was ordered to write a book report on the Old Testament of Job. Columbia Police Officer Michael Watson, 34, passed out behind the wheel at a traffic light in April of 2012. A 40-year-old Vance man... Huh. This is going to sound silly, but... I wasn't actually aware that there was a town called Vance. I'm not sure. Anyway, he, uh, after wrecking his motorcycle and being asked how much he had to drink, he responded, obviously not enough. Sandra D. Cook of Georgetown, who led deputies on a high-speed chase on Highway 17 in Polly's Island, and then tried to walk away with a bottle of tequila in her hand. And lastly, a Richland County school bus driver, Margaret Means, 61, blew, the, blew twice the legal limit after crashing the school bus she was driving in October of 2012. Thankfully, she had already dropped off all of the kids. Well, this is a quick, short, quick, and to the point. Um, that was uh, about a dozen of South Carolina's dumbest criminals. So be sure to t stay tuned for the follow-up that I had stumbled across. South Carolina's dumbest laws. See you next time. Bye-bye, guys.
Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, The Green River Killer, BTK, five infamous serial killers who operated undetected at the same time. We weren't looking for people that were hiding in plain sight. A three-night limited series reveals the origins of serial killing. No computers. No DNA. We didn't have the 911 system. That makes it difficult to catch them. Told by those who witnessed it all. My mother prayed to die peacefully in her sleep. That's the one thing she did not get. Invisible Monsters starts Sunday at 9, part of True Crime Week on A&E.